you've got these men that are just G.I. Joe characters of life that for me especially, I have such a great respect for that when they come home, they're, they don't want to even tell you their feelings or their thoughts. Yeah. If someone can't be diagnosed and you don't know what it is that they're facing, then we can't fix them, which means if they don't talk, we don't know. So what I've always found is that suicide always leads to someone not being able to be heard and them having the ability, these veterans having the ability to want to even talk about it. Why would you want to talk about what they went through, what they saw, how many brothers and sisters that were lost in front of them? We watch movies and when the movie's over, it's over. For them, their movie of what they went through plays in their head every single day and night and repeat and repeat. If you want to support the show, patreon.com backslash blunt force discussion. Again, that's patreon.com backslash blunt force discussion. We could use all the help we can get. Shit's expensive. What's going on, everybody? It's Anthony from Hashtag Be The Change. Truth will set you free and, uh, well, blunt force discussion. So here we have another episode, another different kind of guest that does something that is uh, unique to, to the people that we've had on. And we get to have these great conversations, learn about them. This one's going to be an interesting introduction because I don't think there's a sheet long enough to say what he does. People always ask, like, what do I do? And the explanation leads into, never mind, it's just complicated. Maybe you'll see what I do at one point. The guest we have, Matthew JC, is even more complicated, which we will get to in a sec. But first, because I want to get the ads out of the way so that we can get straight into a conversation. First off, we're in a different kind of shirt today. Got the What Made You Smile. This is more of the Be The Change line, but it can all be found at awakenotwokestore.com. Awake for 15% off. Again, that's awakenotwokestore.com. Awake for 15% off. You can still get, of course, the Unvaccinated Lives Matter shirt. Shout out to Sarah Gonzalez that was rocking that on her show a couple weeks ago. I actually got a few orders. I told her last night. We got eight orders, which is actually 10. I said that's eight more than usual in this span of time. I might get, you know, I might decide to retire. Uh, also, one of the people that have helped the show since the very beginning, Tony Van Schoit from Monate. Uh, I'm actually going to be hanging out with her right after this show airs, actually. Uh, so Monate, go to bluntforce.mymonate.com. Again, that's bluntforce.mymonate.com. A uh, wide range of products for men and women, hair care, as well as skin. They've got the Rejuvenique Oil the most uh, tested products you could possibly find, uh, and, and it is part of a, I'm not going to say multi-level, but it is network marketing. You can say whatever it is, and people do incredibly well with this company. We are one of their affiliates as well as a market partner. So if you have any questions about that and maybe you want to join, we had some people from New Zealand interested and in the United States, just go to bluntforcediscussion at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I'll help you out. If you just want to buy the products, check them out. Go to bluntforce.mymonate.com. Let's get the show started. Hit it. It will. It will. It will. Hopefully. Actually, uh, the shot seat stuff you're going to like because the uh, don't get the shot shot seat. People are actually buying a lot of Dr. Artist products. Anyways, completely random. Um, we're going to go and get the show started. Very excited to have this guest. We go back over a decade, but we've really never truly hung out. We just hang in the same circles. 
Um, th this guest is, he does so many different things. I've seen him. I know he wins Emmys, tellies. I won one telly, by the way. One, one, <laughs> one. You've won like 33. Um, he's the owner of 1307 Productions, uh, Operation Rock the Troops, the charity. He is, like me, a uh, non-military background, but a patriot that serves our veterans and, and does the best he can to be a purveyor of truth. Uh, and I'm not going to do any more introduction because I'm going to ask you to do that because it is a laundry list. Matthew JC, what's going on, brother? How are you, brother? Doing good, man. Uh, thanks for being on the show. We we It's going to be hard to fit it in the right amount of time because we have a lot to talk about. We've been talking for the last several minutes, uh, and I'm like, all right, stop. Let's let's get the show started. Um, tell everybody all the different things that you do, musician, all the stuff. You know, I've done this for so long, <laughs> literally over 30 years that I can keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> I own two companies or run two companies. I don't own my charity, but the charity operation, Rock the Troops, um, and then my film production company, 1307 Productions. I love making movies, telling stories, and inspiring people. And I use that medium through uh, filmmaking. And uh, Operation Rock the Troops, the quick of it, if you don't even know how it started, most people don't even realize it, it was 9-11. And I wanted to pick up my weapon, but my weapon of choice was my guitar. And... I'm very good at finding how to get indoors and, and, and opening them up. And I literally called the Pentagon for a full year, almost every week. And so they finally listened to me when I said, you can send me anywhere in the world that you want that no one else wants to go if I can perform for our troops. And they gave me a call back and said, "Me, uh, the Lieutenant Colonel Rose, so-and-so, I forgot her last name, uh, at South by Southwest, and she'll give you 15 minutes. And the story goes, it only took me seven minutes to sell her. Within 30 days, we were on a 30-day tour to the Pacific. No kidding. So, And we've now completed seven world tours, 15 countries, 40 military bases, and over 1,000 shows. Wow. And that's like we said, we were talking earlier, like getting through the clutter of, yeah. of getting in front of eyeballs. Right. It takes work. Yeah, it takes, it, you know, it's, you know, in 2003, there's no social media maybe MySpace just started, yeah, right? But even today, the one thing that I've realized is that there's opportunities always to sneak through the back door. Yeah. They're always. It's just that if you're doing everything that everyone else is doing, you'll never find it. You have to do the things that are wrong to find the things that are right. Yeah. If you're not willing to fail, you will never succeed. You have to be so comfortable in failing <laughs> that is the only way to ever make things work. Yeah. And it I did. mean, that's a lot of no's. That's, I mean, you were a door-to-door -door salesman for yeah. the Pentagon on the phone. Well, the best part about it is, and a lot of people don't know this, and I guess I can start saying it, but I mean, I can only say so much, but our goal with Rock the Troops has always been since 2003 to land on a major network, one of our healing programs. And, you know, back then in 2003, we were touring all over the world, unlike any local band. There was no other band that was doing as many tours as we were. Yeah. And then when we signed with the Pentagon after our first tour, I, I explained to them, because I can never keep my mouth shut, that they were wasting money. And yeah. so how many times can you call the Pentagon and be like, you're wasting money, and they listen to you. Right. And one of the biggest things that they were wasting money is we would arrive in the Dallas Cover Cheerleaders or the LA Laker Girls or whatnot, just like how they send you know dance groups and troops over there. I was like, they were always a week before us, a week after us. I'm like, well, if you guys are concerned about getting women overseas to entertain with the troops, why not put them all on one stage and do a runway rock show? And they're like, well, what's that? I'm like, well, let me show you. 
so most people in Dallas always have known me known me as this guy that put on these crazy runway rock shows. And then from 2003 to 2010, we were drawn over a thousand people. It was pretty well known, but everyone thought that's the only thing that I did. Right. But what we were... uh, the the way I knew you in 2010, (laughs) by the way, is when I moved to Dallas, I knew you through my buddy Les. Right. And I just remember, I just remember how everybody knew you was. You played music, and you always had a whole bunch of pretty women around you. That's how the, yeah. the JC All Stars. That's all <laughs> that's I knew. It. That's it. That's how people knew me. But <laughs> if, if if they ever, if you did come to the show and you paid attention to the words that I was saying in between the songs, the idea was is that we would have twenty five girls on our runway stage and all of that. But I was always trying to see which of the girls I could take on a tour with. Because yeah. when you're traveling to Turkey, Inchilik, and Ankara, you're going to Greenland, or they've sent us to Diego Garcia, where I don't think most people even know where Diego Garcia is. I thought it was a dude. Yeah, right? <laughs> you would actually, I'll tell you about Diego because most people don't even know about it. But you have to be able to be willing to travel to locations you've never been to. You have to act right, perform right, be prepared. You can't just bring the prettiest or coolest person. No. You have to bring the right person. So I always held these events to find the right people. But where in Dallas needed to perceive it as is they just needed to be entertained. So that's why a lot of people always mistook me for a lot of that because I never cared about that. That was like 5% of who I was, but... But there's a lot of hate like that, honestly. And I was never a hater. I just, I knew. Cause oh, people, I had my haters. Oh, I knew, I knew, yeah, because people would talk, people would talk shit, honestly. And like, I, yeah. I didn't, and it's funny now that we're talking about it, I'll bring it up. Like people say the same as me. I used to own a staffing agency where right. I was around promo models. Well, even my own girlfriend, it drives her nuts. She's like, oh, I'm sure you were. I'm like, no, they yeah. were just around. I was right. doing my job right. and that's just life. And honestly, from what I knew about you until probably in the last four or five years, <laughs> I was like, he's the party guy that always has girls around him. Cause that's also what other people would say. And that's, and that's. That's factually incorrect. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> or incorrect. Yeah, incorrect. <laughs> like, well, Cause, no, cause, but, it, but again, you have to play – like I remembered when I made this decision that I had to become a character. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. It's definitely affected my mental health and I can only admit this now 20 years later yeah. that – that was the wrong persona of who I really am as a man. But it was the persona that I needed to open up the doors for me to go somewhere different. I have yet to answer to another human being with a job or a career path since basically 2002. 2003 maybe i forget probably the end at uh, the start of 2003 yeah I, I don't i don't work for anybody other than when i wake up in the morning if i don't go out there and kill my own food i don't eat yeah it's just it's just that simple and the way that i knew people would look at me was back in 2003 it was like put girls on the stage but the girls that came on my stage were like genius in the women of promoting worlds You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Just like musicians, you have good ones and you have bad ones. Right. But the ones that stayed with me, I am still friends with 90% of the people that have ever taken the stage with me on our big shows. Yeah. They're still in my life. I can that sounds like that sounds like my line. You know? Yeah, my girlfriend's like, sure they are. I'm right. like, I'm fr- I was I'm friends with like right. I've never I've never done anything wrong. Like I've never been wrong. I've always respected everybody, and at right. the same time, they knew that I was as much as I'm fun. Life right. of the party. It, it's you got to get to yeah. business too. There's a point to this. Right. I, I'll t- be honest with you. I don't even think that like I was never the life of the party. I don't. I'm not, I'm not the guy that got drunk all the time. Yeah. I, I've had my nights. Yeah. Um. I don't do drugs. You don't have to be a life of the party drugs. and drink. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't do I, any of that I stuff. would never be the black. That was why I – honestly, that was one of the reasons I was the life of the party is because I was able to 
drink at a de- to a decent amount and always be the one that was still leading the crew. Like I was always in control right. of the, the circumstance. I've definitely had my one or two shows where I made a mistake, but those one or two shows taught me that if I'm not aware and I'm not leading by example, then the example is always going to break down. Right. So, and, and it is what it is, but it never faced me or bothered me because again, the shows were always a means to an end. They were never the reason why I was doing it. They were just a part of the facet to get to the end. Yeah. But the whole point of all of it was so that we would have a TV series on a major network. And in 2014, I took those six world tours, everything, and I made a full-blown movie of it. But then the Pentagon canceled about 40% of what was in it. Like a lot of the interviews that I did with so the they troops all over. They wouldn't even allow Because it. I didn't realize at the time, again, it's a different time frame. Um, you couldn't show some of the interviews because maybe there was like a satellite in the background or a positioning in the background. There was no Google Maps at the time. So you, you, you couldn't show all of the footage that I was showing. And so I had to remake the movie and I made it about my life to try to inspire people to be like, listen, man, I've never been the greatest singer. I'm not the greatest guitar player. I'm not the greatest in anything in the world, but I'm great at trying. Yeah. I'm great at failing and I'm great at always doing the same thing over and over again without being insane with a purpose. My music was always supposed to be for somebody else. That was the only way I was ever going to be successful if I did it for somebody else, not for me. And that's what it was. So in 2014, we launched the movie Launches on Comcast, Prime, Hulu. Uh, at the time, there was no Netflix, so it reached 33 million homes. But we found out a year later, and I'm not going to say his name, but if you want to get on Google and look right now, type in Rock the Troops on Google, click on Images, and look at who launches the same TV show that I launched two years before. And I was like, I, I remember calling up my board. I go like this, I, I think they're violating our trademark. Is this, yeah. This is finally happening, you know, when they tell you when you launch a company, trademark, copyright. Yeah. And sure as heck, I'm so glad I follow all of my business rules, even when I didn't have money at the time. So glad I trademarked it because I was challenged by one of the biggest people in the world in media. Literally large. It's very big. Like, and when you actually, it's not, I don't want to say that I won the case or lost the case because I don't want to get into that because you can't really. But I'll say this. We definitely came out on one side. That was like, told you so. Yeah. But on the other side, everything that I filmed over 15 years couldn't be seen anymore. Bullshit. So my heart just drops. Everything that we physically did dropped. So for the next two months to three months, you know, you want to give up. How do you not want to give up? I just yeah. lost everything I just worked on my whole life. I gave up everything. Um, but again, it wasn't for me. So shut up. Yeah. Stop complaining. Man up. You know, or women up because I think they're tougher. Yeah. <laughs> and then get back on the road, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and do it. So that's what leads us today is what Operation Rock the Troops focuses on. We do songwriting healing camps. We take veterans because I believe they love being on a mission. That's mm-hmm. how their brain works. So yeah, let's absolutely. give them a mission. So they have seven days on my camp to come together, go through one of our group sessions, uh, therapy session, but I don't call it therapy, but it's definitely not sitting on a couch with some other person, you know, writing on a notepad. Um, then they have to write a song with me and a national artist, recording artist. They have to perform it live and that's the mission. And what they don't realize it's a sleight of hand is they're taking what's inside and they're bringing it outside. But because they're using it as an art form, they get to take that craft home with them 
and I teach them how to write in a journal, how to actually get things out. Yeah. But what's beautiful about it is music is the only non-drug related solution or drug that you can basically take that doesn't just help one person. It helps two people. Yeah. If I take in a leave, it doesn't help your back pain. Right. But if I write a song and you listen to it and it resonates with you, it's going to heal you and me. Gives purpose. It's just a beautiful thing. So I've been trying, I mean, in half of my old movies, and I still have them if anybody ever wanted to see them, and they're also on our website, I interview doctors, scientists. We try to figure out, you know, when we were giving free music lessons to these veterans and active duty, I figured out when we started really focusing on traumatic brain injury that, and again, I'm not the greatest scientist in the world, but depending on if- Either is Fauci, but- Right? <laughs> we all know that for truth. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking- Evil, evil. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh, that evil man. But you know, when, when you have your traumatic brain injury, whether it hit the left side, back your brain, right side, it affected a different part of your brain. So if you have short-term memory loss, long-term, you're having um, different kind of episodes depending on what your injury was, we would teach you a different instrument. Yeah. So if you have vertigo because of your brain, I was going to teach you how to play drums because I'm going to make you use four limbs. If you're having short-term memory loss, I'm going to teach you how to play guitar because I want you to be able to remember what you're playing. If you have long-term, I'm going to teach you how to write music because that songwriting craft is something that happens over a long period of time. So it was – I wanted to show this. No one ever believed me. So I figured let me shut my mouth again and let me go prove it and I'm going to film it. So right before COVID, you know, this is after 2016, 17 when my world felt like it was destroyed – you know, um, I pick my boots up and my pants up like a big boy and I go back out there and we film four of our songwriting healing camps. We did two in Ireland, one in Alaska with our good friends in Battle Dogs, the charity, and then we did one in Dallas and then COVID hit. Well, when COVID hit, there's no music, there was no live shows, which meant there was no donations, no nothing. March 15th, the day the music died. Oh, Second it, day it the music died. died. Yeah. <laughs> died in a totally different way, probably in a worse way than before. Oh, I agree. Because it literally died for everyone. Yeah. Um, so I, I just I started editing the movies. So right now you can uh, go to our website, operationrockthetroops.org. I think they're going to have it up this morning because we just relaunched it this morning. But we have a crowdfunding up because we're going to start to raise money. But I finally launched the proof of concept of everything that you hear directly from the veterans, how music helped them, healed them, and where they are today. Because, I mean, listen, proof is in the pudding all the time. Here's yeah. the video. Here's the proof. This isn't me feeding them questions. And you could talk to any of these veterans without me because that's one thing I've learned in the charity world. If you get too big, we all know what's going to happen. Someone's going to knock you down. Yeah. But if other people pick you up, then they can't knock you down because it's not your words, it's from their words. So to me, it always mattered what the veteran said, never what I said. You know? So it's, I, I'm going to spin the conversation over, yep. over because it's like you said, like other words. And we, we're, this is completely out of the, the other side we were talking about earlier about social media. You avoid a lot yep. of social media. And you, you've actually come to my defense a couple of times on posts. It's always easier. Sometimes you do your own. You get in the arguments and then you have other people chime in and you don't even go much on social media, but a couple of times you did some really nice drops. Like <laughs> instead of being, cause there's people come on and be like, you're a libtard. And I'm like, that's not getting us anywhere. You always have some pretty intel intellectual and intelligent responses. And we said, you're never going to win an argument on social media. Right. 
I think that's very true. But like you said, you need other people to say things. And that's why I think certain influencers or video is very important. Like Cashley Kelly was the guy that I did a lot with, with Truth Will Set You Free and, and Be the Change in the Beginning. Black guy, ex-gangbanger. Find me an ultra leftist white liberal that's going to tell him something that he doesn't already know. Right. So I think it is important to have, just like you said, in a completely different conversation, to have other people that build you up and have the say the things you can't. And I think in social media, and I'll ask you the question again, how is it that maybe in a social media argument we can actually create change in other people? You know, change sometimes doesn't have to come from the argument itself. It comes from understanding who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. I think we need to learn to agree to disagree socially. That's simple. It's okay if you don't agree with me. And the best example I can give is we all watch sports. You can choose your favorite team and I can choose my favorite team. But the one thing we have in common is we love the sport. Mm. So if we're going to argue about politics, I'm super glad, even though I disagree with you, that you care. So let's start this conversation that we both care. Now, let's start the conversation with what are we trying to prove? Not just that what's in your mind is right and what's in my mind is right, but what did you say and how did it make you feel? And I want to acknowledge that, listen, I acknowledge what you're saying and I feel what you're feeling. I feel this. Man, that's cool. Thank you. That's all that conversations need to be in agreement that's okay to disagree. If we could reteach, if anything, we could teach this to our kids. (laughs) That's what we need to do. Yeah. It's okay to disagree. Yeah, I have a, like, would be the change, uh, the initial way we had the conversation, because I you look at the whole Black Lives Matter, and then you've got the All Lives Matter group, and I'm like, and, and I, I get it, but that's not the way to engage in the conversation necessarily. Like you said, you meet them, meet them someplace and listen, be like, I get it, you care, and I care. So it was always one of these things like, all lives matter and Black Lives Matter were like this. Like, when right. you say that, you're just, you're just throwing fuel on the fire, whereas right. if... You can take it and just listen. Be like, Black Lives Matter, and just kind of meet the empathy, take it in, listen as much as possible to the point where you can take a beating until the other person is willing to maybe open up and listen to what your opinions might be on the subject. And it really is just an empathetic way of having a conversation. First off, you bring up a great point. I'm not, first off, I'll start off by saying, I don't care which way you go. Yeah. But what I would say in that conversation of all lives versus black lives is the problem with that discussion was that, yes, Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Yeah. But now let's have the conversation that I maybe don't like the company Black Lives Matter right. and how they market. But that won't come out if I put that on social media. Oh, yeah. And when I say all lives matter, I'm saying that until all lives matter, then no lives matter. Right. So, yes, Black Lives Matter, but I don't maybe like the charities, but some people were, or, or yeah, which I think by it's the a way, they, yeah, they stopped. Well, they stopped collecting money in February. Is uh, that what was, happened? I, See, did, I don't know. We just, we just talked about it on uh, Truth Will oh, Say Free last night because we we're, you know, we we're looking at it because remember the whole Act Blue thing and all the different stuff surrounding it. And then you got Patrice Colors in her homes. And I had Chad o. Jackson on a couple weeks ago. We talked okay. about the failures of, of, of Black <laughs> Lives Matter. Um, but it's interesting. They're not really a charity anymore. They're an awareness group. And if you actually, the, the, the horrific thing behind it is how they bogarted such an important term. And in the words of the great lyricist Kid Rock, Black Lives Matter, no shit, motherfucker. Like we all know that they matter. They so matter. they've used <laughs> a phrase that have, that just threw everybody off because how bad is it for guys that look like us to be like black lives matter is bullshit whoa whoa you can't say that right but the, but the the organization the organization the context is, yeah complete, this is again what happens with social media yeah. there's no context when i say that 
nor does anybody want to, I mean, how many times can we go on social media and I can say, I love strawberries and someone go like this, what the F you don't like pears? Like, what am I talking about? That's none of them. Like, why are you always, it is, you know, and I hate to say this and I'll bring this one up. It's like, uh, and and I don't know this, so if anybody else knows, always feel free to chime in on however we're doing it, right? But I know or I feel that when you look at China, yeah, there's a little switch, right? Yeah, China creates TikTok. Yeah. China knows that Americans are dumb. Let's all agree Americans are dumb. We are fed and force-fed reality TV shows to dumb us down. Yeah. No one has learned anything, and I hate to say this because I I, maybe I'm going off on a tangent. Love tangents. Does anybody remember what Hitler did? China is playing the long game on us, making us dumb. In China, TikTok is only about posting of things that are educational, inspiring. I saw that. But clip. the logarithm or the algorithm in America is, hey, how many times did I fart on my cat or my wife or some shit? And it's like, all right, I will watch that. Yeah. I'm addicted to it. And I had to stop myself. I literally was going through a little mental breakdown and had to leave the whole country, the whole world. I didn't tell anybody but my parents in July because I was like, I had enough. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. So why is it that we can't see this? And it's very simple why. The politicians are losing the grip on Americans because of the way that they were aligned to us, they can't anymore. But the one thing they figured out is the more that we throw at them in social media and confuse them, it's a perfect world because yeah. people are idiots as a group. Hence yeah. why social media group, groups, is group just think. Yeah. Right. I mean, no, and it's true. And I saw the same video, uh, or possibly, I don't know. The, there was a, a Arabian, some, some Saudi Arabian prince or whatever it was, was talking about TikTok. And he's like, you don't realize that the algorithm in China is, it is completely different than the United States. United States, it feeds us the dumbest shit. And it like, no matter what we, th we watch a lot of, even if it's politics, you're not going to see a lot of political stuff. Right. You're actually going to see more of the divisive political stuff, or you're going to see the nonsense. Right. Whereas in China, it's all... Uh, what the Chinese people can achieve, positive things, Be better, even though they completely grow. control their friggin' people there. They do. They, but at least they are, they, on top of controlling them, they're also telling them that they can be smart, they can be intelligent, they just can't really think for I mean, themselves. When did America become so dumb? But we, we I mean, we, one thing that we- Starting with MySpace. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's true. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, the, I, I bring up Hitler, I bring up Nazis, you know, these, these words that we're so fearful of saying, especially in today's world, that if I say I like one president- I could be considered racist out of nowhere, out of complete context, and all of these kind of crazy things. And I'm like, man, let's go back on history. One of the things that Hitler specifically did when, you know, the Great Depression kind of comes in, uh, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, Hitler was trying to run to be in power since World War One, And he yeah. keeps losing and losing and losing and losing. And then after the Great Depression, he's like, why do we have to pay people money? that can't even control themselves, right. and he starts it. Now, if you think about that, you know, end of the 20s into the 30s, he starts teaching all of the young people in Germany something he wanted to teach them so when the timing was right, they would be of age. Or switch. It's happening right now in America. Make us dumb, make us dumb, make us dumb, to one day we're screwed. Right. And what was the one thing that Hitler did? He created, I mean, there was no social media back then, right? Right. But what did he did? He hired one of the, this, a female director, and she actually is the one that created what we call in the film business, the hero shot, where you shoot down up. Yeah. And he shoots him down up, and they put it in movie theaters all over Germany, which is their social media, because yeah. that's how they got their content. And he created all of these speeches to look exactly like this, and then repeat, 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 repeat. Then people just with their cognitive dissonance 
just accept it. Yeah. And that's how one of the things, it's a long-term game. This is exactly the war that I feel that China is playing with us. Yeah. I don't know I, how I we got into China, but no, I mean, no, that's, I mean, and, and when you sit here and you think about it for a second, so all of those arguments on social media are bullshit. And if you don't understand that higher level that we're all losing, me disagreeing and agreeing with you does not change your life or my life. If you, it, none of it. Not at all. But if we can accept that we're being screwed with, yeah. then we can start to change the world. Yeah. You, so you've been traveling all over the world. I mean, you're Iceland and we'll talk about that. Well, yeah. I want to do a shot seat pretty soon because might as well start drinking early in the show. Um, it's, what not, is, it's not early. It's five o'clock well, somewhere. Early in the show. Usually it's <laughs> 40 minutes. You know, it's not noon. Who cares? Um, what do other countries think? And you've been traveling during the Trump administration, during Biden. What and do Obama. other countries? And, and Obama. And, and George right. Bush. Well, you've been, I think, I think the, the view of the world, and maybe I'm wrong, you can tell me way better. The view of the world on the United States of America changed drastically at the beginning of Trump. Would I be wrong in saying that? Like the way the world looked at the United States of America? Well, I think it's a trick question because you would have to look at a couple different variances on that. The way that the world looked at us is the way that the world was reading about us on social media. At, or in, on, when, in our own when I was traveling, right? When yeah. I was traveling overseas, and I would sit down with people, I would have great conversations with different people that they're like, "Oh, we didn't know that." I'm like, "Well, how could you? Yeah. You're only getting it from sources that are like." Can we all just agree? I mean, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, all of them are all controlled by whoever it is. We all know there's only what two major networks that yeah. really run all of the yeah. networks. We all know they're feeding the money into the politics, right. which means they're all, they're all getting the same. They're scripts. all getting the memo saying, "Hey guys, this is what you have to touch on." Project Veritas has, has exploited it, a lot it of expo it. Expo Everyone exposed. knows, this, but no one wants to listen to us because, again, they've created their cognitive dissonance. There's, I love saying it like everyone sees the world through their own stained glass window, yeah. and we can't go in and change one glass in that window and change the color so they can finally see because it's programmed into their brain. Right. So there is no way to change that. We just showed an article, uh, we just showed a video. There's a woman that worked for the UN that talked about climate change. And she's like, we, uh, we, we, we found something a couple of years ago when we went in the search bar, we, we searched climate change and there was all this disinformation. So we've worked with Google to make sure that we are purchasing the search engine so people will get the information that we, we make sure they want to see. And, and we own the science. She literally said this in a video and people don't find that alarming because they're like, well, own she knows what she, the science. she said in, we own the science. Who owns something that as Fauci would say, changes daily. Which actually is a factual statement. It literally changes. It's insane. It was right. insane to see her say that. And for people, that sh that should that's the UN. Right. People should be absolutely aghast at that. Like that to own to own the science. I, I couldn't even. I'm like, am I really? Is this real yeah. life? And is then and life? climate change is fascinating because the doomsdayers have been wrong every single time for 50 right. years wait what was our last uh, uh, that vp what's his name al gore. al gore how many times has this movie been proven wrong over and over and over again yeah is climate changing oh oh, yeah, oh, I mean, oh wait yeah. the hurricane that just happened in florida climate change climate change so you're saying no hurricanes have ever hit florida before and that is not even in the top i think 20 or 30 in wind speed and you go back to the 1930s none of it makes sense listen according to everything the green new deal and all these other things when people talk about climate change and if you want to talk to me about climate change point one is talk about china because if you're going to tell me about emissions or this or that or what right. happens 
Talk about China. Stop China first. Forget the cows in yeah. America. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let, let, let's go. Let's go to the source. So then, be mad at China. Yeah. All right. Other than that, don't talk to me about climate change because if you don't care, when you go to the, what is it, the UN and everyone's yeah. talking and little girl over there started talking Greta. all that stuff, she didn't mention once we need to stop China. No. We need to stop even India. Because you can't say that. You And when I say that, it's because of the population. Right. I mean, And look, also the fact that they, they – and that was why the Paris Climate Accord was such a failure right. for us to be in. Not because they don't care about the environment, right. but because we were allowing other countries – to have a delay that we it put us it puts us in a position that in the 30s they are going to be able to continue because we're leading the world they're going to be able to continue <laughs> to do things while we can't it will destroy our economy from the ground up plain and simple agreed it's so to me it's like if you're going to start a conversation I'm, I'm like i'm tired of like oh thank god we changed plastic straws in california yeah. and now we have what the other kind of straw whatever it's made out of but still in a plastic cup yeah and it also disintegrates in your mind. I don't understand. <laughs> so. um, and yeah, to end, to end the conversation about the other countries, and we can even come back. I know we didn't talk much about it, but like the the like you said, it's all based on what our media says. And I think uh, if I'm if I'm right, it seems though yesterday, which would be a couple weeks ago, uh, uh, Trump is actually suing CNN for almost a half a billion dollars on defamation. Now you can talk trash about a president, one hundred percent. You can say what they're doing wrong, but he's talking about he's got a laundry list of. When they called him Hitler, when they called him racist without proof, which technically can be considered libel and also affected the, the thing. I think that's yeah. more than valid. Like Biden, I'll talk shit about Biden, but I'm never going to say without bringing up a clip of him saying you're not black unless you vote for me. I, I'm not going to just blatantly how, say he's racist. Right. Even though I. How is that mean. statement not yeah. racist? Right. Yeah, that's what racist is. In, in context, again, the proof would be if Trump said it, it's a headline for three weeks. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's like we can have – this is another thing that makes people so uncomfortable. I can have a conversation about Trump and not say that I support Trump, but I can say enough for you to go, well, that is true. Shit, I never thought of that, but you won't. Because yeah. if you look at it and you look at CNN right now, name a network that has literally fired every single one of their top people. Has Fox fired Hannity yet? Tucker yet? No. Nope. Any of these people? Even Megan who has now shifted all over and has her own show. Yeah. What I love about her, she's like, man. She's like, I, I didn't like Trump, but holy shit, what is going on It's right now? just none of it makes sense. No. And if you don't sit here and go, wait a minute, uh, mm, I would like to doubt my government. How could you doubt the government? Because in 2016, you told me to doubt voting. Yeah. But in 2020, voting was perfect. Yeah. And you can't Explain even bring Explain to me how that was perfect. You led three years of a fake impeachment to distract people, to hate someone who that when it was proven false, no one cared anymore. Yeah. But it was proven false, but you still hold on to it. He was impeached twice. And we're so, not allowed to talk we're, about 2020. How is that? Yeah, we're not. Yeah, literally, we're, we're not allowed not to joke. talk about 2020. We will get removed from the with the, the so the, which is the play the the sandbox that we all plan. All right, yeah. let's uh, let's get into the shot seat because <laughs> I do want to get back to the the troops at one point. But yeah. uh, it's time for the uh, don't get the shot shot seat from Dr. Artist Labs. Is it, can you hear him, Joe? Is he good? I, I know his voice carries like mine, but I see it's a little distant from, but okay. He sounds like me. I, we project quite a bit. I'm a MC. He's a musician. So we're going to do the don't get the shot shot seat. If any of you guys don't know how this works, that means you don't watch the show. Shame on you. 
Uh, I'm actually going to test. I want to test my blood sugar too. So I got a new blood sugar monitor on my side, totally unrelated to Dr. Artis Labs. So I've had it for 24 hours. My girlfriend's a big fan of, uh, of the checking the blood sugar, even though she's super skinny. But we're like, oh, let's see. She's also got mild lupus. But anyways, uh, turns out for the first 24 hours, I'm showing as though I'm diabetic. <laughs> my resting blood sugar is really high. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So we'll see. Actually, let's do it right now. We're going to play a little game. What are we drinking? Uh, this is good, great question. So we had Bond Breaker for a while. But this is Brothers Bond. It's a, I, I still think Bond Breaker is my favorite. I've never you had guys it. would just sponsor the damn show. Um, let me see if I could test the blood sugar real quick. Let's see what mm. we got. Check glucose. Just scanning over this thing. It's 102. So I'm getting closer to range. It's just taken forever. Maybe it was calibrating. I don't think I've done Man, technology is crazy. Yeah, I know. So this is, I have to be clear, not the shot. It's the shot seat, but we just sip it. So cheers. Oh, cheers, brother. I appreciate <laughs> you. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I got to get Buffalo Chip on. I got to get Chad's on. But he says it is a good, this is a good whiskey, too. Um, all right. So this is the way Shot Seat works. Uh, first off, this is the Don't Get the Shot Shot Seat, Dr. Artist Labs. If you guys don't already know uh, some of the products he's got, he's we're big on. This is also the reason why we were off YouTube for a week, because we had a whole video of him talking about, and it was unlisted. There was four views. We get removed for a week for misinformation. He was talking about how to flush it from the system if you've already had it with glutathione and uh, infusions and then some of his own products, which he's got kits on his website. Just check it out again. If you have questions, go to bluntforcediscussion uh, at gmail.com. I'll answer them. Uh, but if you want to go to the website, go to thedrartistshow.com. You see it on the screen, thedrartistshow.com. Use BFD at checkout for 10% off. Got a bunch of stuff, anything from cardio pills to selenium to the uh, Doc's Viral Defense, which is great for prepping for COVID, post-COVID, whatever you want to do. So that's that. Let's get started with Shotzi. All right. Answer quick. If it makes you want to drink, drink. If you don't, who knows? Just drink. So you, you've talked a lot about your film career, music, etc. Um, you also went and got an accounting and marketing degree. I do indeed. Has that paid off for you? I'm running my own business for the last 22 years successfully. Would you suggest people today, do you think people should or should not go to college or is it circumstantial? I, I think it's dependent on the person and what they want to do. I feel like it, when I went to uh, college in the 90s, uh, it was different. That's what we were ingrained to do, mm -hmm. you know, go to high school, go to college, graduate, get a job, get married, have a kid, repeat. What? Yeah. I guess I got somehow to 46. No one gave me the memo. I was like, am I supposed to get married yet? Yeah. Am I supposed to have the kids now? <laughs> Meanwhile, I've been to like 40 countries. So it's a choice. Everything is a choice. But if you're going to go to college, my best solution to anybody that wants to go is don't worry about figuring out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Though some people know. I got the accounting degree, not because I loved accounting or numbers, but I knew that I wanted to run a business and I didn't want to have someone else mess with my numbers. Yeah. So if I don't know accounting, then I don't know business, no matter what my business is. Big math. I'm a big math fan. Of that's math why people. I just, that's why I went and got an accounting degree. Did I graduate with a great GPA? Hell no. But you, but you learn, <laughs> but about, I learned. <laughs> it's not even about, yeah, it's, it's about getting stuff. Like right. I went to art school and I was nowhere near the top in my graphic design class. Uh, but I was able to articulate my work and I went into speaking. <laughs> there Shocker. you go. Wait, yeah. I'll finish with this one. Someone said, well, why didn't you go into film school? And I go like this. If you want to know the trick of running a great film production, mm -hmm. it all starts with your line budget, not the camera. So that's accounting. That's incredibly valid. Uh, you brought up something I wasn't going to ask, but uh, you know, you said you're 40. Uh, you're, I don't even know if you say your age, but you're single. 46. You say it. Okay. I don't so, care. Okay. And we're not a chick. 
Um, <laughs> and you're you're single, and you said like this is youth and and best. I I know dating has always been hard for me. I've never been married. I'm in a two year relationship. We were always around pretty women. Did that make it very difficult for you to date somebody seriously, or was it more the travel? I'll be honest with you. Matthew JC, the character, and Matthew, as my mom would just simply call me, uh, two completely different characters. I've been in three awesome relationships that always stopped around year two. Um, I'm big into accountability, and I know that I messed up a lot, far from being perfect in all of those beautiful worlds. But I know who I am now. I think I have known who I am for probably the last two years, I can say comfortably. Yeah. But I would say it's the last year that I really figured out what I want to do for the rest of my life. And if that's true, then I'm sure a lot of other people, when we hit this midlife crisis they talk about, um, I think people it, it takes people longer to understand who they really are. You know, Someone yeah. asked me, why haven't you been married? Well, shit, why haven't I been divorced? Right. That's a better question. That's a better question. My, my dad had multiple sclerosis and I, um, I, and I, most of my relationships ended at six months. I know it's really short, but I always had a reason like to me, <clears throat> I'm not going to waste my life. And there's, I see a lot of unhappy married people and until I find the right person, which I believe I found now it, it was, I, 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 like you said, I, I mark my success on not being divorced because I was not with, right. I did not waste the life that I, that I could have had. So, um, let's see favorite country you've ever been to. That's a trick question for me. First off, love Italy. Well, always love Italy. Italy, Italy, Italy. To me, it doesn't count. So besides Italy being my top number one, uh, I just came back from Iceland. There's nothing like Iceland. There's nothing like Iceland. The only thing I think that will come close to Iceland is possibly New Zealand. But Iceland had my heart. Got it. Yeah, Kelly said we got to go. So uh, you probably just... If she's watching, which she doesn't usually make it to this far, um, <laughs> she'll be like, see, I told you. Um, so this one is for your friends because I know this, you know this. Um, what do you have to, because right now nobody would know watching. What do you have against sleeves? Sleeves? You, you always wear the cutoff shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be honest with you. How I, did that start? I, I'm, I'm learning as I, I start to do these podcasts run, run again, you know, as I'm starting to promote everything. Um, I will be honest. I am horrible when it comes to um, style. Yeah. And when I started being in a band in 1993 mm -hmm. and 96, the first style I came up with is like, I'm just going to cut off my sleeves. That's it. That's my style. But that's how I recognize. So, I mean, it worked. It's like I, I rock the mustache once yeah. in a while. It's a style. I can't grow facial hair. <laughs> my dad gave me a 10-pack of razors, and on the Christmas card, it said lifetime supply. <laughs> that was that's 10 awesome. years ago, and I have seven to go. So, he was right. That's but, awesome. Yeah, this, cut is off like a, this is like four days for me. That's like six years for you. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's still yeah. growing. Got it. But cut off sleeves, backwards hat, that's my style. I wear black. I get teased all the time, but it's like it's who I am. Yeah. Everybody knows you are when you're walking around. Yeah. It works. I just thought it was funny. Uh, and I know your <laughs> friends will get that one. Um, let's see. Uh, something a little bit also funny. Um, I've asked this almost every last like four or five shows because I think I've, I've been surprised by everybody's answering being very similar. Uh, did the moon landing actually happen? I say yes, it could have. Yes, it could have. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> no, you know what's funny is the more and more we find – am I allowed to say something else to that? Of course. Oh, okay. The more and more you look at how media has tricked all of us – the more and more we simply, since what you know, you have a film degree, the JFK killing is still my prime example. One, how can we trust the government that there was just one bullet that did it? We all know that's false. Mm -hmm. If you say it's false, then you don't agree that the sun rises and sets every single day. Right. So that's up to you, you know. Yeah. But if you know that 
that could be manipulated and that all of the cameras that were captured from that day and how different slides were cut out, well, it's possible. How come we've never really gone back and done anything? And why do they still say right now that we don't have the technology? How is that even possible? So it leads you to wonder, but I'd like to believe that we did land, but... Yes, it could have. It's not the same argument as, is the world flat? Yeah, I can't, yeah that, that, that's past Did we mind. land on the moon or not? I have no idea. Have we been to the moon since? Probably. Yeah, that's actually, that was Chad's response. I, yeah. I just, I think it's, um, I think it's tough. I think it is a very different argument. And I would say it was a very similar argument to the flat earth stuff about 10 years ago until we started realizing how much lies we've been fed about certain stuff. But the earth just... Sign, whatever. I love it. That's a great question. Earth is round. I'm sorry. Um, biggest issue. Yeah, let's do this one. Two more questions for this. Biggest issue facing America right now. Social media. That's an easy one, and I agree. It's it's the biggest problem in our world. Yeah. Um, where would we be without it, though? Besides happy. That's where we'd be. Okay. Right. No, I'd, I'd be honest with you. Where would we be without social media? Something else would be here. Technology is too great. Yeah. But the amount of information that people get now can be manipulated in the reverse effect by giving them too much information that's wrong. Yeah. Misinformation is a real thing. There's no, no doubt 100%. about it. And from both sides, one side more than another, in my opinion. Well, I love it. But shooting. interesting that you would say from which side. To yeah. me, there's more than two sides. True. Right? And that's the problem is people aren't realizing there's you, there's me, and there's the truth. Yeah. And no one knows the truth yet. But if we can all agree that there's something else behind it, then we can really start the conversation. Agreed. Last question. This is going to be a hard one, I think, for you. 33. <laughs> oh, it's not my luckiest number? Okay, go on. Mine's 37. Nice. Um, I think we know how they voted. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Glad the cameras didn't catch that. Uh, no, it's perfect. <laughs> um, for the rest of your life, you can only choose one. Sometimes I do foods, but this one's going to be different for you. Movie making or music? Oh, movie making. Not even... Not so even. you would... That would be your choice. Yeah, because I can write music for movies. That's always what it was. You Two times you, you, you threw a hiccup in the question. Right. Like, yes, I can consider it happening, the moon landing. No, but it's... it's my, my dream since childhood was always to be on TV, period. Okay. The way that I got to TV was through music. I don't even know if you know this, but in 2003, I get a phone call from Fox... And I land on a TV show called Paradise Hotel, which is still <laughs> the longest running reality TV show that was filmed in real time. Okay. And that TV show, I knew they were going to cast me as the long haired rocker who wear, guess what, cut off sleeves and leather pants, was that I was the only one allowed to bring a guitar or an instrument onto the set. And I knew on film sets, if music is played, it can't be a cover song. Because that cover song would then have to get have royalties. To get yeah. But I re-signed my contract on the reality show so that I own all of the copyright, all of the publishing, all of the songwriting, everything. And I found out that when you are on Fox on Monday night at 8 o'clock primetime during Monday night football and Wednesday, that 15 seconds of what you sing is worth $2,500 back in 2003. Wow. So I made over like $18,000, $20,000 because I would just sing all the time. I would just talk to you and I would sing. I'd be like, I wrote that. I wrote that. That's a melody. I wrote that. And you, you fill out what's called music cue sheets. Every episode has to have music cue sheet from, you know, 0000, 000 to if it's, you know, an hour-long show, they have to fill in every single second. And there's Matthew J.C., Matthew J.C., Matthew J.C., make that money, make that money, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. funny. So that's when I realized that I wanted to be, you know – 
that's where the idea of, you know, I want to do this for the troops and have a TV show because you could help people through that regard. Yeah. And that's how I got into music. And I bet you, I'll give you a fun fact. Do you know that I wrote a theme song for every single major sport team in Dallas? No. If you still go to a Stars game, you still hear Matthew J, or JC All-Star Song playing on the loudspeaker in American I've heard I've heard your name brought up a couple times, it's, and I think they, they plug yeah. it. You know, yeah. we've been, I've been on the Jumbotron of the Cowboys Stadium for during Supercross. We did the theme song for the Dallas Cowboys, and we had the Cowboy, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders on stage dancing with us. Can't believe I pulled that one off. <laughs> yeah, so can we go ahead and get some of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders to join me on stage? Thanks so much. That's hilarious. All right, that was the Don't Get the Shot Shot Seat by Dr. Artist Lab. We're going to, yeah, let's finish up with a little tops of tails. Down we goes. All right, cheers. Like it was just like it, it, I don't know what it was, and if, like the tequila. Just, yeah, it was tequila, and I don't mind tequila, but it was like the second the second show we did together. Like you could see him like in between like full senses. <laughs> like, like this this shit is rough. Um, all right, so shot seats done. Let's. Uh, I want to go back to the troops, and you know we talked because you done de- dealt a lot with uh, veterans and suicide and what's going on, and I know you've had a lot of your own personal dealings with it. First, I want to get to the root cause, and I know music is the way that you've found a way to treat it, which is pretty awesome. Um, what is it, and I've got my own belief, but I'll, I'll say it later, what is your belief that causes such a high rate of suicide in soldiers? It's a loaded question. I'm not a veteran, so I don't want to speak for them when I say this, but what I've learned through the movies, the films, the interviews, you know, I don't think when they come home, back to the US, you know, they've been going 100 miles per hour, Austin, they're going nowhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe our government does not give them what I like to call a reverse boot camp, Mm -hmm. right? Because when they go to boot camp, they become soldiers of war, they have to learn how to kill first, right? Survival, that's it. So when they come home, they are no longer in an environment where they can trust everyone around them. They come home and everyone is flaky. Everyone is shoddy. No one knows this, 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 or that. I mean, but every situation for every veteran is different, especially females. We don't talk about females. I mean, their biggest thing was the sexual abuse that they had to go through. I did an all-female camp. And what I heard during those, those stories was like horrific, but they get buried. Well, there's one reason for, from, from the female perspective. No one wants to hear their story. Shut that up. Shut that up. Yeah. For the guys, they come back. You've got these men that are just G.I. Joe characters of life that for me especially, I have such a great respect for that when they come home, they're, they don't want to even tell you their feelings or their thoughts. Yeah. If someone can't be diagnosed and you don't know what it is that they're facing, then we can't fix them, which means if they don't talk, we don't know. So what I've always found is that suicide always leads to someone not being able to be heard and them having the ability, these veterans having the ability to want to even talk about it. Why would you want to talk about what they went through, what they saw, how many brothers and sisters that were lost in front of them? We watch movies and when the movie's over, it's over. For them, their movie of what they went through plays in their head every single day and night and repeat and repeat. Man, can you just imagine someone just tapping you, old Chinese torture, like this? Yeah. 
Just do that to your head. To try to shut it for off. For five yeah. years and tell me if that part of your head doesn't hurt. Right. That's what these veterans have gone through. How can we not do something about it? Haven't we learned from Vietnam? I mean, yeah. now they're only talking about Agent Orange and all that other stuff right. about what they went through. Or Camp Lejeune. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's just I can't even go through this. I mean, even when we talk about traumatic brain injury, we can't call it the same exact thing that football players go through. That For them, it's what, CTI or CTE? Yeah, 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 uh, CTE. Yeah, CTE. Yeah, yeah. Hi. It's the I, same damn thing. It's the exact same thing. I, so I also have a different, I, I, not a different belief. And again, it's all, it's like looking at psychology, looking at the issues and realizing it's, I think it also happens on a celebrity line as well. And athletes, we look at the, we look at the traumatic brain injuries. We look at the CT in football. We look at the traumatic brain injuries in, in uh, war, which happens a lot. And it's not just in battle. It's like you do some dumb shit and you bang your head and the next day you're doing the same training. <clears throat> I think that's part of it. But I think one of the biggest things and, NFL is very similar, is the brotherhood. So like you said, when they get back to the United States of America and they have to transition into civilian life, they're going back to their wife and kids or whoever. And I'm sure they love the people that they're around. But there is a different camaraderie to being around those brothers, those people that joke around all day, that are they're always together. And it's like, yeah, it's great to be around a woman once in a while in terms of your, you know, looking with but there is something different and i think not being able to transition mixed with possible brain injuries and even an nfl the reason that i came to this conclusion is i saw it in the nfl some players that all of a sudden were no longer at the top of their pedestal they couldn't do announcing it because that just wasn't their strong suit and they were the ones who committed suicide do you think there's anything to that that it could be that loss of brotherhood and the lone feeling no matter who's around them it's just different well, By the way, it must be, a, I think we're getting tornado, uh, not tornado warning, but the first tornado siren of the month. What's the date? Is that what that is? I don't know. Yeah, it's Wednesday, October 5th. Yeah, that we're shooting this, by the way. Anyways, sorry. Um, well, I think it is actually very similar to what I said, is when they return home, there's no more of those people that they can trust around them. When they go on a mission, we all know there, there's this sniper up here, this guy that's got, each mission is different, and I'm not a veteran, so I don't know what they went through. But if you yeah. think about it, they have a team of people, and each one of them do something specific for them to complete their mission. When they come home, there's no trust anymore. There's no understanding of what it is that they can look for. I do agree that, you know, they do miss that camaraderie. Yeah. That, again, in our songwriting healing camps, that's the number one thing. We bring four different people that don't know each other, veterans, together to talk. It's amazing because even though they don't know each other, they will talk because, like you said, they're brothers and it's yeah. different. And then if you give them a mission, something they can relate to, they thrive. I think that's important. Purpose is important. I think around the Uvalde school shooting, when people started bringing up the, you know, possibly having veterans work in schools, I think that would have been tremendous because it, it's not just Still about- Still don't know why we're not doing that. I don't understand. It, and, and, and it takes, and, and I had Jara Hutchins on and we had a discussion. Uh, she's amazing. She's awesome. And we had the discussion. I was like, you know, some, some, maybe not because maybe they're not right. And she's like, how do we know which some aren't? Maybe they just need purpose. The ones that could be what we think have the furthest level of PTS or PTSD, whatever you want to say. Um, maybe they're the ones that need to do it the most because they're not going to hurt any kids. Like we, until, until one unfortunately might do, but we don't think so. They just, they're lacking a purpose that they had there that they don't have here. And why do we not, why do we not utilize that? I, I, first off, purpose is one of the, the absolute keys. You have to give somebody a purpose. Yeah. That's why we go through mid, you know, I always like to say it's not midlife crisis, it's midlife opportunity. Yeah. And all you have to do sometimes is change that one word that's in your head and your whole world can change. Oh Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do agree with that comment wholeheartedly. I mean, give these guys, girls purpose. And that's why, um, 
I mean, and that's why I, I think motivational speaking right now, I mean, despite all the clutter in the world, I think people listening to the motiversities of the world and whatever it is, I think it's huge because I think people need it. They, that's how they, t some people turn off into silence. I think some people need to hear the David Goggins. They need to hear the uh, Yaka Willinks, like to, to find purpose in their own life. It's, I think it's huge. I think that's also why Tony Robbins' business has skyrocketed since the beginning of the pandemic, like mm. skyrocketed digitally. <clears throat> um so you do a lot of stuff. We've got so we've got our Area 52 TV, which is I think last week we did over 40,000 strong watching that one. So kudos if you're watching from like the Florida area. Um before we finish the first 58 minutes, you've got a lot of different stuff that you're working on. If you want to go through that for a couple minutes to make sure to direct people where to watch these things, how to promote it, you know, all the stuff you're doing with 1307, Operation Rock the Troops. Uh, 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 road to networks, all that, cover that. Right? It's it's a lot. It is a lot. So go ahead and say all the things you want to make sure people, if they don't get to watch past the first 58, go up, go for it. And uh, I'll give you the sound bites. All right. <laughs> Very simply, I love Operation Rock the Troops and I love Highway Home. That's our program and our songwriting healing camp. Go to our website. I'll have it up so that you can simply click on it. We're doing crowdfunding right now. All of the money that we raise, 100% of it goes towards sending veterans to our songwriting healing camps. If you want to know what the camps are about, just watch the videos. I have the proof of concept over four camps. You can watch it. You can contact these veterans too. No one's trying to hide away or shy from anything. We want to be as uh, you know transparent as we possibly be on, on how beautiful that process is. So check that out. That is Operation Rock the Troops. Um, you know, 1307 Productions right now, it's funny. No matter how much I've done, my biggest problem, and again, I, I like to now call out my own accountability is as great as my movies might be in my own head, yeah. it doesn't matter unless people see them. And every single time I've launched a movie, like I told you, I, you know, in 2016, I went head to head with a celebrity who took our trademark. Uh, 2017, I launched a movie called Light Up to Live. That movie got blocked from going out by the FDA because we were trying to show how we can help reverse traumatic brain injury. Who the hell wants to hear about that? Blocked FDA. Medication, medication, blocked, medication. Blocked, take some pills, take yeah. some pills, get more symptoms. Yep. Uh, did another movie in 2018 no one's ever seen, and they should see, Operation Torrent, where we talk with NFL players and veterans about the similarities oh, interesting. and the lies between CTI and TBI. Blocked. So it's like every single time I kept trying to put out a movie, it's been blocked. So what we're doing is I'm turning the cameras around, and this is where we get the term in 1307, Road to Networks, Yeah. where I believe on social media people are going to want to watch someone because we all watch content. We've all figured that out over you know COVID. Um but no one's ever turned the cameras around on filmmakers and what we go through while we're making a project. Yeah. So you're going to watch us on Road to Networks every Monday. We're going to start you off with what I'm calling, and it's my new book called Follow the Energy. Okay. And I'm going to show you from the 30 different countries I've been to amazing drone shots that I've captured around the world with amazing motivational quotes but the books in the descriptions that you can read to get that source. So I'm not just, you know, the pretty girl or the pretty guy that likes to put up a quote just because they're having a bad day. Right. This is some real source of information of like, <laughs> hey, read these books. These bo Be educated. Yeah. Read a book. Yeah. Turn the TV off. Read a book. Right? Yeah. So then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're going to watch Road to Network episodes where we take you all over the world with us and we show you how we made a movie, why we made a movie. And along the way, you're going to see what happens to us with our own mental breakdowns, our own struggles and everything for us just to get this movie to you. Find out who we are. You learn about what cameras we use, where we are, what's going on. It's a pretty cool like day in the life. And you'll, you'll get to see me literally when I go to Iceland. It's me 12 days 
I'm struggling in life, and you find out that when I go make this movie in Iceland, I want to figure out what it is that I have to do to change my life for the next 30 years. And it, to me, what I call it is the syllabus of life. I like that. So if you think about it, in life, and this is the basis of Road to Networks, is that we were programmed as we went to eighth grade when you are, you know, middle school. When you got to school on that first day, the teacher gave us a syllabus, right? Yeah. And if you do these things, you graduate. We get to high school, you're a freshman. Sucks. Yeah. Right? But you become a senior. It's great. But the syllabus got you to be a senior to graduate. Then you graduate. Then you're a freshman again. Again, you listen to college professors, they give you a syllabus. If you follow this, you graduate and you get this piece of paper on your wall. Cool. But then you graduate. Who writes the syllabus for you for the rest of your life? Right. And none of us discover it until our midlife crisis. We don't have to wait to your midlife crisis. You need to learn how to write your syllabus for life. Yeah. And then follow it. And what do you do? You reach your goals. That's purpose. I love it. So you're going to find this discovery through my Road to Networks concept because you're going to watch me once again get back to a network. What does that even mean? No one even understands. We just turn on Netflix and don't even realize it. How the hell did these 500 people on the Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones kind of staff make this movie? Who, what, what happened on these yeah. We see little clips. But I want the cameras to turn around and who is this director? What was happening to them when they made this or this or that? I want people to see my, my life story, but not just my life story. The people that help me tell the stories I want to tell get there. What's uh, what's the uh, what's the link that what's your actual because for people listening on the podcast what would be the everything uh, is thirteen oh seven productions on our YouTube it's going to launch on the YouTube page but I will say you will get to see one of my new series I don't know if you knew about this this is one that's beautiful you can go to uh, Instagram at the rifle book it's a best selling book called the rifle where veteran uh, Andy Biggs uh, interviews over two hundred World War II veterans yeah. Right, and not only does he do this, and they all sign this rifle, but him and I have now traveled. He's done it more than me, but we've now traveled three times overseas with over twenty World War II veterans. Most of them aren't with us anymore, telling their last great story of the greatest Southern generation area. over in Europe. And saw I mean, some of your uh, your your video roll on that. We, on your, it's, the, the, the shots look killer. It, it, it's not even. The, the, we just took the last African uh, the the last African American alive that landed on Normandy. Wow. And I film him walking back out on the beach. And if you can't see the ghosts in his eyes and then the interview that I captured, it's going to blow you away. And our, our last, if I could, I'll point out, and it's kind of cool, small little cool. Uh, we go with 16 World War II veterans back to Battle of the Volge, and that movie just got nominated for an Emmy. Oh, that's badass. So it's pretty exciting. No one's ever seen it yet. So I can't wait for people to see all these movies that I made that no one's ever seen yet. I swear they're hope there. we can see this one. Um, so there you right. go. We, uh, to, well, it used to be WeBeam, now Area 52 TV, thank you, but we are going to wrap this up, but the show is not over at all. So uh, for those watching on YouTube, if you are on uh, Area 52, go to uh, youtube.com backslash C backslash Blunt Force Discussion. You'll be able to watch the rest of it, and we'll see you there. The show has just begun. Oh, I'm sure. And there, there's a there's a cool technology out. I saw them doing um, Holocaust survivors, and I was I think they might be doing it with World War II veterans pretty soon. Dude, I I interview a, a a German or let's call a spade a spade, a Nazi uh, Tiger tank commander. Wow. Okay. 
I interview him for 30 minutes, full in Germany. He's 98 years old. And one of the 16 veterans that we're with is the guy that blew up his tank no in way. Battle of the Bulge. And 75 years later, they meet and find out. Like, so can you imagine being in a tank and it blows up and 75 years later, you meet the guy that blew him up? And obviously survived. What would happen in that conversation? Did they punch each other? That's what I filmed. Did no, you know what? You know what's funny? Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure the American American shook his hand. He goes like this: "I'd rather shake your hand as a friend than an enemy." And the world needs to know what was right and what was wrong. And I was like, "Oh my god!" It made the headlines all over Germany. But again, no one's seen the movie. Do you speak German, or how did you do that? No, we had his grandson was the interpreter. That's crazy. Yeah, that's badass. I'm gonna ask you about traveling on Veed, but anyways, now that we're back on this little final spot. The BFD hat, uh, you're, you're officially a BFD, a I big effing deal. So I know you're going to wear it backwards, so people behind you will know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's, there's your hat. Thank you for being on the show. But we've Man, got a it. few more things to talk about. Um, yeah, I, we, we talked about the issues with vaccination, and you've traveled all over the world even since the, I guess, since COVID started. I mean, it took a little bit. How difficult is it still in this right now to travel unvaccinated? I haven't, I haven't literally seen one spot in the world that talked to me about vaccines. So the United States is pretty much the only one still talking about it. Um, I think other people talk about it, like, but I mean, I've been to four different countries in Europe, never got hit with a vaccine question. Uh, there were still people that you still needed to do a COVID test, but I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes it just feels like everything's fake. Cause when I'm over in Europe, it's like, up the nose. Okay, you don't have COVID. Yeah, nobody cares anymore. In America, I'm like, it takes 48 hours. Why are they doing it in 24? What's the difference between this stick and our stick? And no one's talking about it. Oh, makes no sense. None of it Jesus. makes sense. Yeah, that's very To this true. day, none of it makes sense. Um, you've done uh, – we let's just stick on this topic because you just gave that story, which is insane, uh, the World War II story. <clears throat> you've got 20 years of inspirational content, some that most people can't see. Uh, you've had some great stories. What – if there's a story besides that one that you just told that sticks out the most, most inspirational, something that was kind of like changed your life, changed the trajectory of your life, hearing other people while you were behind the camera or directing, producing, whatever it is, what can you remember? What would be one that you can remember? Well, I would always go back to the the World War II. You know? Is there any other one besides, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, besides that one, question. so the number two. <laughs> the number two. The number two, uh, honestly, would probably be this Iceland trip. And again, um, again, being very honest, and I'm learning how to be honest and not just be this fake character that you see. Um, when I went to Iceland, I was really going through a midlife opportunity. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, I, I'm 46, so let's say I have another great 30 years till I'm 80, per se. Not that I hope I live past 80, yeah. but 30 years that I can still do things. And um, that was really hard for me to swallow. So before I went to Iceland, I flew home. And it, a home for me is in Connecticut. And my dad is 80 years old. And I sat down and turned the camera on my dad. And I asked him the questions that, you know, you want to ask, like, What's your definition of success? If you can go back to 1950 you know, when you were my age, 1960s, what would you do different? What do you – and I asked my dad all of these questions and his answers just still today. He is my Marvel superhero. And I can't wait for people to see what my dad had to say about what it was because it was because of him that when I went – camping in Iceland, you know, a lot of people go to Iceland and they do what's called the golden circle. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's, you know, you go to Reykjavik and you go around and you see like the four or five major sites, which is good. I went around the whole ring circle, which is around the whole Island, but I made sure to not stop anywhere specific. 
And if I needed a camp out, I had a tent on the roof of my little car. And I just, you buy the tent out there? No, you it's you rent a car that has a tent on top of it that just pops up. <laughs> no shit. Oh yeah, and it's it's there was no. I mean, the sun would go down around eleven o'clock at night and it would be back up by four in the morning. Did you get to see the uh, northern lights? Well, northern lights are usually more in the winter time, off so you don't time, see in the schedule. summer. But yeah. I liked going in the summer because it was a little bit warmer. Yeah, there was definitely some cold days up there. Yeah. Oh, fun fact: you ever see Eurovision with Will Ferrell? Oh yeah, yeah. I went to Husevik. Okay. Because I love that movie so damn much. <laughs> and I went to Husevik and I filmed in the church. I did the whale watching. I went to every location. And I 100%, if you don't know this, I think people should know this. Elves do exist. I'm Matthew JC. I said it. <laughs> I believe that elves exist in Iceland. I literally was looking around. It turns out that in there's Iceland, just, just of their 350,000 people-ish, or maybe a little bit less, that live there, over half the country believe that elves exist. And no I, way. Can, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's not even a question. But they're not little elves like in, you know, Christmas Santa, movies yeah, yeah. and not elves in Lord of the Rings. Elves could be anywhere from like, you know, one foot tall all the way up to a regular person. But the elves arrive when anybody comes to manipulate their culture, their landscape. So if someone's going to come in as an example to like build a hotel that just feels like you're going to ruin our landscape, elf houses start to show up and pop up. And it's happened, I think, over three major times. I don't know the exact story. You know, one of the Icelandic guys was telling me the real story. A hundred percent of the time that the elves' houses show up, their construction will start missing paperwork or the engines don't work. And whether it's people going in there and messing with something yeah, or whatnot. Adding to the folklore. Literally, the folklore is true that the elves will stop that production. That is hilarious. So that's why when you watch Eurovision and they talk about the elves, like, so I it's went. It's legit. So not only, like, those actual elf houses that are actually built in Eurovision actually exist in Husevik. They took them and they re-put them up next to this one location, and I went there. But when I was driving around, you can honestly find elf houses in the, the, the and I even droned it, deep in the mountains. Elves exist. Matthew J.C. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. 2022. I'll, that's, that is honestly, I got to ask Kelly what, what her, I mean, she was there for like five days. I, I got to ask her. And, and just to nerd out just for a second, I'll just call myself nerd out. I want, yeah. You can't see this, but this ring is literally the Lord of the Rings ring. Okay. I am a nerd. You are? Okay. That's fair. I've read the books in the early 80s before I ever knew a movie would come out. And if I ever get married, my wife, whether she loves me or not, but she would if she ever said yes, but maybe that's why I haven't been married, <laughs> will get a wedding ring with elf and scripture. <laughs> So I, I was a late adopter to the Lord of the Rings, and I, I ended up loving them when I watched them. Like, I can't stand Harry Potter. I'm not a Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm not a Harry Potter. No. Um, I liked Chronicles of Narnia. I thought it was very – like, I'm not a huge – I don't love the Bible. I think the Bible is flawed, even as a Christian. I just think it's it, – it's, there's too many politics that rewrote it. But I do like – I like the actual stories behind it. I thought Chronicles of Narnia and then Lord of the Rings had a similar vibe to it. But I waited until – all of them was at, uh, were out, and then I watched the first two All the way. at home, and then I went to see the last one. The weird thing was I was on a date. It was, a, it was like, a, like a third or fourth date with this girl who was very cute. She was a little shorter, uh, and it was the first time I met her family, which was way too early anyways. Like, it was just like post-college. When was it? 2000, or I was still 2004-ish is when the last one came out. Her family were elves. They were all under 5'2". Like, ah! it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, I'm watching this movie with little people, and there she and I'm like, nice. To, and I'm 6'2". I'm like, nice to meet you. Nice. Right. The brother, the sister, the father, the parents. And she was the tallest one, and she was 5'3", 5'4". I'm like, what the fuck? You're the giant. <laughs> I'm like, you're in this camera. <laughs> it was 
weird. Uh, and we didn't date much longer after that. Uh, it turns out she ended up becoming like this like high like high profile doctor, like like perfect family and kids. I was like, well, that might have been my miss. But Kelly, I'm very happy to be with you, of course. I know you're not watching this far in. Um, all right, so. <laughs> I have one last thing that I'll yeah, say yeah. that if you ever want to bring me back on the show and anybody ever wants to talk about my favorite topic in the world. Yeah. And one question most people don't understand is where did 1307 come let's, from? Let's talk about it. Okay, 1307. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Okay. So October 13, 1307, where the original Friday the 13th came from, is about the Knights Templar. Okay. So if you don't know, do you know anything about the Knights the Templar? The Knights Templar, is that, I mean, we still talk about that now. I think even Dr. Artis talked about it. Is that, it's like the people that oversee the world of some kind? Oh, I, I like where you're coming from, but no, that's not true. What is a Knights Templar? Is, so, it, a, is it a nerdy thing? So uh, I'll try to be basic. There's a <laughs> lot of, you know, I hate to be wrong about a topic that I love the most, so I'll give you some general mm -hmm. information. Uh, the Knights Templar were basically the Marines, if you want to call them, of the Pope. Okay. Yeah, no, we did talk about okay. it. Okay. And, yeah, and yeah. they were basically, if you ever watched the Crusades, the Templars were the guys with the white tunics with yeah. the red cross. Okay. But they were, in theory, they were the only ones that the Pope said, you're allowed to kill people for me under God. Yeah. Because basically everyone back in the day wanted to protect, guess what, Jerusalem from Islamics, that are, the Islams that were basically coming in and right. trying to fight. Right. So it, most people don't even know this, but the lore of uh, the cultures of Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, all three of our major religions start on Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Yeah. So how do three different religions from three different all cultures start all start on the same exact mountain? Someone please explain this to me. And the lore is basically they were told by King Solomon to go uh, you know, underground and discover and after many years, seven, eight, nine years, whatever it is, no one hears from these specific knights. I think it was like seven or nine knights. And these knights, when they come up, the, the, the folklore is that they found the Holy Grail. Now, if you find the Holy Grail, okay, so what is the Holy Grail? And then that brings up a whole new question. So for 200 years, the Templars basically are like the greatest faction ever in all of humanity. I would even say over the Mayans, right? Right. They they're the ones that create our first banking system. Yeah. You know? Because when you want to travel from England to Jerusalem to the Holy Land, well, how do you do it? And you remember the old wax, of course, with the signatures. Yeah, yeah. So you would go to the Templars and you'd say, "Hey, I'm traveling over. Give me this," and they'd fold it up and give you a wax. And when you got over there, you give them the fold and wax. They'd give you your money. So if anyone robbed you on the way, no one could take your money. Whole, yeah, they'd be right. Banking, so that was the first early banking system. But they remember they were monks. So when you were about back then in that day to 13 years old with your family, your family would be like, okay, so you're either in the farm business with me or your college, so yeah. to say, is to become a Templar. They created all of the, the uh, churches, the architecture. They created the agriculture, which was huge. Yeah. Because if you don't have agriculture, then you can't really make money. You can't Did they do the, the irrigation system? Uh, they were the geniuses behind a lot of what happened back then. I'll say this. Okay. But the story goes on October 13, 1307, uh, King Philip of France and the Pope decide that, well, we basically owe them so much money. Why don't we just tell the whole world that they're the evil people and let's go kill them. The greatest massacre that ever existed, right? Now, the, the massacre exists on Friday the 13th, 1307, but on October 12th, 
it's theoried that over 17 ships leave Europe with the greatest treasures in the world, supposedly with the Holy Grail. Now, they've made so many movies about this. Some you don't even realize they were making it because it's so entertaining from Indiana Jones. Yeah, of course. Right? I mean, the first one, first off, they're talking about the Covenant, yeah. uh, the Ark, right? And then even the third one, you know, after Temple of Doom, they actually bring up the Holy Grail for the love of God. Right. The Matrix movies, Transformers movies. What's the other one? Everyone uh, brings National up. National Treasure. All or, of it yeah. brings up the Templars. The Templar symbols are all in our dollar bills, our symbols all across. We've all seen it a thousand times. But what really does the Templars, what was, was their point? was the Crusades. It was always the battle between... Good and evil? Well, in theory, you have Islam and Christianity. Got it. We won't say good and evil then. But yeah. I, I, I love everybody. Pick your, pick your poison. I'm not getting into that discussion. <laughs> but that was what really... I mean, you had the assassins on yeah. one side, and then you had the Templars on the other side. And then the rest were whoever the hell was forced to fight. Right. Right? So those were your two big battlegrounds. But literally, it's what the world is still fighting about today. Uh, We're still fighting in Jerusalem. Every day. We're still fighting over the Crusades. We're still fighting over the Middle East. But this is where I lose people. You ready for this? Let's go for it. It's all about time travel. Okay. Matthew JC, saying it again, believes that there's time portals out there. Okay. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dispute that. And the beauty of this is that. What, when, what did, wait, what did you say earlier about the the moon? I cannot. <laughs> the moon landing. How'd you say it? Uh, oh, shit, <laughs> Joe. Do you remember? It's, po- it's possible. <laughs> you said it perfect too. It's yeah. it's possible that it might have happened. It's possible that it might have something happened. Along yeah, that, that sounded accurate. Yeah, but. So the whole point in uh, Da Vinci Code, the movie from yeah, Dan Brown, the book, and everyone everyone talks about it, right? So the theory is is that if Jesus did have a baby, okay, that would be kind of that would destroy all of Christianity together. And I grew up Catholic, and yeah. and, and I, I you know I have my faith and my beliefs and my spirituality, and all of them are different, and all of them yeah. are beautiful, and everyone's are. But I always believe that this theory of the Holy Grail is not where the Holy Grail is. When? So I traveled to, in the movie Da Vinci Code, Roslyn Chapel in Scotland, and I wanted to figure it out. So I spent 30 days in Europe traveling to Did different- Did you film this while you were oh, there? Oh, yeah. Of course. yeah. It's a movie. Oh, okay. It's called The First Journal. Got it. All right. It's part of Road to Networks. <laughs> and I traveled to different castles and old Templar strongholds. But the church, the Roslyn Chapel in Scotland- um, is a church that was built in one of the fun little facts of it. And I have a 15 minute on this phone. I will not delete. I have backed it up. What not. I go to the Roslyn Chapel. And at this chapel is where one of the locations, even Da Vinci Code, is said that the Holy Grail was hidden. Well, this chapel uh, was built, let's say, I think I, I'm not perfect with my dates. A long time ago. Let's say around the 1500s, okay. 1400s, okay. 1500 in Scotland, right? And... Um, as this church is built, there's four main pillars that hold it up. It's a church that maybe holds about 50 people or so, okay? Yeah. And inside this church, these four t- uh, uh, pillars that go up have the arcs, right? That go, you know, one this way, one this way, this way, and this way. But there's music notes. Okay. And on each one of those pillars is an angel that's playing an instrument. Okay. Now, as I was there, I was filming, and I was wearing an authentic Templar outfit. And I mean, I went to the Vatican and I walked around the Vatican, kind of like cosplay, yeah. and, which I thought I was going to be arrested in the Vatican for wearing a Templar outfit. And I walked around all of the places that you shouldn't have been doing this, but I ended up taking pictures of Did you have sleeves everybody. on the Templar outfit? Totally had sleeves. Okay. 
<laughs> but when I was there in Scotland, we knew that, and I went there because obviously I don't have a budget. I'm yeah. filming Rogue. This is why it's interesting to follow me on my trips because I do everything like I probably shouldn't. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. But we realized that every hour on the hour, they go inside the church, they close the doors, and they give like a 15-minute presentation inside. So that's when I filmed all of my stuff outside. But one of the groundskeepers knew who I was and 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 kind of caught me, and they submitted to who the, the main person was. Yeah. So she tested me with my Templar knowledge, and I answered all the questions properly which was amazing because they were definitely challenging yeah. <laughs> and you had to be accurate. And she showed me this one location of the church and told me that there's a family. And the theory goes is that once every X amount of years, all of the families come together. And if you play these musical notes together on this exact date, it opens up a portal. And I go like this, come on, that sounds so cool. Tell me more, right? Yeah. So she takes me inside, and you're inside the church now, and she shows me all of the angels playing the instruments from bagpipes or whatnot that you want to look into. And this is all factual. You can look this up. You can go there yourself, and they'll tell you the same thing. I'm yeah. not lying to anybody. Yeah. But all Wait, of this- Wait, do you have to pass the quiz, though, for them to tell you this part? Well, she was, what she told me, I can't say what was on this, but it's in my movie. Oh, but anyway, because right. you got to watch the movie. But those angels with those instruments, those instruments didn't exist when the church was built. Oh. So how do you play the notes with the instruments at that time if those instruments weren't even, they didn't even exist? How did the story even come from then? So it had to- Time travel. Woo! I'll take it. I'll so take I started it. traveling, like I said, and I put it I think it there's a lot movie. of things that, that are only explained by right. time travel. The, the, so the you could have been in the pyramids. right place to find the Holy Grail, yeah. but at the wrong time. So if we ever wanted to talk about the Middle East and want to talk about the, I, this is a crazy theory, but I just love the thought love of theories. it for a movie, is that uh, it was never that we were looking for the weapon of mass destruction. The weapon of mass destruction was to find the time portals. I don't think Bush is that. Guess I what? Don't think, I don't think Bush Jr. is that What smart. do you think Hitler was <laughs> looking for? How many times do we have to watch Indiana Jones in the last... We all know that Hitler had specifically a division to look for the supernatural, especially around Catholicism in Jesus and old historic kind of like artifacts. If you had the tip of the spear, then any battle you went into, you would win. win. If you had the Ark of the Covenant, everyone knew that there was mysteries in there. If you had the Holy Grail and you drank from it, you could live forever. Everyone knew all of these things. But why were our governments all looking for them? It's literally where they created Captain America. Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. Captain America needed to stop the Germans from finding these things. So we've had world leaders looking for, for the Holy Grail, the artifacts. The, uh, the artifacts, all this forever. And now our current administration just looks for toilet paper in the Vatican. Or what ice cream am I eating well, what today? What ice cream? I feel like we've found I don't even so want to. We've found um, so bad. Listen, I, uh, I'll say it. I'll say it out loud. I'll say these words. I don't care. Listen, <laughs> I get some people didn't like Trump. But get you, it. you didn't it. like him because of his voicing, the way that he said things, how he said things, how he wrote on Twitter. Mm -hmm. When you look at and Biden. how it was repackaged by the media. When you look at Biden, I don't know how you think that this man has his own thoughts. Yeah. Trump had shitty thoughts that you didn't like? Sure. Yeah. Biden has zero thoughts zero. of his own. No, and when he, do, it's, when he does, and, it's scary. And for the first time in my life, don't get me wrong, it's not like I didn't like Mike Pence or you know whatever yeah. it was that he was, but you look at our vice president right now, and it's like, so the border is secure. Yeah. 
please tell me more. I love listening to, <laughs> she's the, she's the one where you're trying to finish up an essay and you're like just using filler words. And I, uh, what's his name? Um, Stephen A. Smith was actually on Fox news yesterday, uh, on Jesse waters. And he was trying to do this. She hasn't been given an opportunity to show how intelligent she is. I'm like, you need to do your research that she has never been qualified for a single job she's ever done. Uh, first off, so you're telling me two plus years in the vice president and that's the excuse? Be accountable. He's, he's saying that she's been force fed to represent what this administration is saying. I go, that doesn't mean you have to sound like and an she idiot. She shouldn't have accepted I can, I can literally, if I was paid enough and I had no soul, right. I could make what Joe Biden is doing and what the administration, I can make it sound intelligent at least. I don't have to pretend and look for words she can't even do that all i know is every single time trump said something that upset people we didn't have the whole white house that would have to protect and save be like no 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 no. what they meant was yeah the only thing he did that, why doesn't uh, he just say that then there was one thing leading up to the election i was like shit he um he he went golfing and in the morning he reshared a tweet that had a bunch of people in like a rich white neighborhood yelling at each other like liberals against trumpers and the trumpers were yelling back and he only looked at the first 10 seconds and the, like the people in the golf cart were being awesome and then they started going as a joke yeah white power white power please nobody cut that clip into one little thing of me doing that but they uh they did that and he didn't know that that was on his twitter and I'm like, and they could, and I think he's the only one that has access to his things. And I'm, I, I'm picturing the White House that day, like, get oh, a hold of Trump, oh, I'm not. get him down, right. get him. Um, before we end, I want to. There's a big question because I watched a few of your of your videos and movies uh, that you've done in the last couple of weeks before we were doing the show. And I know, like you said, with he, music healing, look at what the VA does, and even with CT, uh, all the different, th- like with pills. Knowing a little bit about the VA, just from my, my dad did serve, kind of. He, I mean, he served, but he was in Paris, France during Vietnam. He got very lucky. He was with like Rockefeller kids, even though he was poor. Um, how corrupt is the VA? It's a great question. Again, I'm not a veteran, so I can't speak to it, but I can only repeat the things that they've said. Yeah. Um, if the VA is telling you to take pills, I don't know. It's just disappointing. There should be no reason why half these veterans should be on eight, nine, ten pills. Yeah. Stop giving them pills. Stop giving them pills. And it's extremely disappointing when the the VA will literally how how is it? It's something said that if you go to the VA and you tell me of a traumatic brain injury, they will then lie and say you can't prove where you got your traumatic brain injury. Same thing they do in football. We don't know if your traumatic brain injury happened to you when you played in college, not the NFL. We don't know. It's it's the biggest scapegoat lie. Do I believe people in the VA that work in the VA want to do good? Yes. Agreed. That I'll 100% agree do with. Do I believe that the VA should be fixed? Yes. And I'll say this to all presidents. No one has done enough that they need to do for the VA. Right. And there's a reason for it. There's not it will money. expose them. Oh, that too. I don't think there's enough money. That's what I've been told that some of the people that work in the VA is they make it so hard. And that's why we have so many homeless veterans and it's unfortunate. And they've been sold a bill of lies. Um, the American people have a lot in the last couple of years, but veterans have people that serve have been fed lies for decades, a century at this point. If everybody collected the benefits they deserve, it would bankrupt our country. So they set it up so difficult that you can't. That you can't. And I've, I know people that uh, that work there that are like the rule is no matter how 
correct something is filled out, if it's the first time they send it in, it's automatically rejected. Like how ridiculous is that? So if you've got people that are already battling these illnesses and, and the PTS when they come back and you're now telling them that they don't get it, a lot of them are just going to give up. And they don't have enough employees to make sure that, that, that they get the help they need to keep refilling it out because there is not enough money. How screwed up of a program is that? And how can we just continue to I, – I just – I have I, an idea. What is it? This is, this is the, I'll, I'll end it with this is the idea that I have that you know we all sit here and when a presidential election happens, we have to sit there and watch first the primaries. Then they choose who they want and then we have to watch those debates – of you know one side or the other side debate mm -hmm. one what i would love to see more than anything is a stripped down congress and a complete revote of everybody in congress and there should be you there's got to be terms we all know that we've talked about that yeah the other thing that i would love to see that i think would squash a lot of it is that you need to now show up if, if it's going to be trump and biden again in 2024 as an example all right then trump and biden when they get selected have to choose then and there their complete team of people. And they should also debate because Ooh. you're hiring administration right. to run a job, right? Like that. So if your point is, I want to care about abortions or I want to care about the economy or I want to care about climate, there's different people on the administration. Stop putting it just on the president. Who's the team of people in the White House that are using our tax dollars to do something. I want to hear from all of them. Right. I want to hear about schooling. Even though I don't have kids, I care about our education because we're doing crappy in education. Horrible. Horrible. We, how did we become the dumbest country, it feels like? Because we are in some regards. Don't get me wrong. I love America more than anything. But I think that there's, like we talked about TikTok, we've allowed, we've allowed foreign nations that want to weaken the United States to- And they're winning. It. Yeah, and they are. Oh, and, and listen, do you know how Americans would be upset if someone said TikTok is banned? Because yeah. we, we've been programmed to think that that's a, and it's funny, it's against our freedoms, you which need, it is, but it's also, so there, there is sometimes, that is the purpose of government is stepping the in. The government is supposed to say, this is something run by a different government, and what I'm telling you to believe me is this government is trying to kill our right. people. And that's like with the FDA, yeah. when you had issues with the FDA, the F our FDA allows so many more. Stop chemicals. healing people, Matt. Stop healing Stop. people. Well, the, to you specifically, and then to, to, the, to the rest of the people, our country doesn't realize that we have more uh, pharmaceuticals and banned substances in other countries in right. our foods than anywhere else in the world by a astronomical Nomical. Grant Cardone 10X version. Right. And we wonder why we are one of the most overweight countries in the world. We wonder Absolutely. why we're the sickest, why we rely on the most pharmaceuticals. That's a funny thing that you want to bring up too. We Absolutely. should go back to the prohibition in 19, the end of 1937, 38, wow. when uh, they make uh, marijuana, uh, you know, Illegal. a drug yeah. to the point of, and, and look, if you go back to it, you'll find out who they put into place in the administration to do it. Right. It's literally when all of a sudden preservatives come around. Exactly. And when all of a sudden America starts to figure out, well, what's cancer? And who owned them? What? Rockefeller. All and of this all the, stuff. And, and that, was, that was around – people don't people in this country, it's a short – we have a short-term memory. The natural, uh, natural healing, uh, homeopathic healing – 
it has been around longer. And that was the accepted version of healing up until right. Rockefeller took over the pharmaceuticals and all of that back in the 20s. And that's when the big shift happened where all of a sudden it was mm-hmm. MDs, pharmaceuticals that took over. Everything you start changed. to see grocery stores start showing up. Well, well then how are we going to keep the products on the shelves long enough for people to go there so that we can control them, give them sicknesses so that we can create the pills so that we can give them pills not to solve anything but to you know, medicate their symptoms, but then create more symptoms so we can give them more pills and more pills. We have a very corrupt, 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 System. do I say, yeah, all yeah. of it. All across it's, the board. I can't handle it. So we're about to wrap up. Uh, you know, the one, th- on, I literally, we covered every, because you, you actually led into most stuff. Uh, the one thing I wanted to that we talked to you before, and we'll do it in like one minute. Uh, this show would be two, about two weeks later, a week and a half later. Aaron Judge just hit a 60-second home run. We had a brilliant conversation about uh, about steroids in baseball. Um, but kudos to Aaron Judge. He did it in Texas. We live in Texas. You're in Connecticut, but you live in Texas for the I live in Texas, but let me let me be clear. In 1982, I go to my first Yankee game because I live in Connecticut, not even 45 minutes away from the Bronx. Yeah. So, Are you, my, so you're a Yankee I'm fan. I'm a straight Yankee fan. I was a Don Mattingly fan. I had his oh, jersey in 84 when he was starting a pre-rookie year almost. No, I can't 84 remember. was his rookie. Yeah. I used to collect baseball cards yeah, back then. Me too. So I'm not, I'm not a, as big of a sports fan as I anymore. used to be. But well, the world changed. Yeah, world changed 100%. But, but, uh, yeah. So yeah. Do, you think, do you think records are different between steroids and non-steroids era? I mean, it's the same thing even in the MMA, which I know probably more about than I do about baseball. But at the end of the day, there's always an asterisk, and let's not lie about it. But I will also say this to an athlete. When it comes to baseball, like I said before, you're hitting a round ball with a round bat. Tell me the steroid that increases your accuracy and your swing power. Now, I get it. You know, oh, steroids give you more power. But really, those steroids that they were supposedly using were for recovery. So if you think about it, if you get into your 100th game and you're tired – you may not be swinging as hard, but if you're on those roids, you might be able to. So it's a different kind of it's question. A different kind, and also this day and age, there is legal supplements that have recovery that is it's it's, it's, it's agreed. And also, Judge looks like he's a super. Don't get me wrong. Drink. I don't know what Bond is. I don't. All we, let's all agree that the Maguire and the Sosa era when they were competing was just fun TV. I'm going to tell you, I was at. I, so I'm going to say I'm a Cardinal fan. I was at 62 and I was at 70. That's pretty badass. Yeah, that's pretty badass. <laughs> but, but I, I got to give. I picked it beginning of the season. I looked at our, because we shared season tickets. We get 10 tickets a game. And I go, I did like home run here. I just went through the whole schedule and I go, September, I think it was 8th. And my birthday's on 7th. I was like, that was the game I picked. That was the one he hit. There's one thing everyone should start talking about more than anything. And it's not just the roids. It's the fact that Babe Ruth, Maris, and Judge we're all on the Yankees. All Yankees. Super, all American so League. Let's 60, give it up 62. for the Yankees. That's all I got to say about I'll that. I'll give you that. <laughs> all right. We're going to end it here with uh, the last thing. I respect you on one level that I didn't mention yet. And <laughs> I watched because you you do raise a lot of money for charity. You do a lot of different events for the veterans. Um, what I noticed that you do is you never ask for money. What you do is you ask for people to be a part of something where you provide um, – you are providing – value to them, whether it's a concert, an event, and you say, give your money to be there, which I thought was very impressive. I was literally looking all over your stuff, and maybe you do have something where you have a donate button. I could not find it. All it was was, this event is $50, this event is $100, whatever it is. I think that's incredibly impressive. I, I agree with that, but I will say, though, there's literally a crowdfunding page I just launched. But that's okay. But again, so, it's not me asking for the dollar. I don't get a dollar of it. Right, and that's why and yeah. that's what I was getting to, because you earned that, because you've always provided a value, and now you're doing something. And, and the thing is, it's not even that. People should just donate to charities as is 
but the fact that you have made a career out of literally providing value and you still continue to, but right now you do have something going on, the crowdfunding page you're just launching. So tell a little bit about that. The crowdfunding page is very simple. Operation Rock the Troops, it'll be a pop-up. Um, every 5,000 we raise, we get to send another veteran to three veterans on one of our songwriting healing camps. Yeah. Uh, there are no employees in Rock the Troops. I've never gotten paid a salary. I will never get paid a salary. I don't need a salary. This is what I do. It's who I am. I'll do it to the day that I die in my last breath. It's perfect. Um, one more time. Where's the uh, links people can go to? OperationRockTheTroops.org to support the charity. 1307 Productions to watch all the movies. And when this uh, launches and will be on YouTube, uh, I'll make sure that I put all of the links to different movie trailers from the Templars to the World War II veterans to Highway Home, our program for the songwriting human camps and Road to Networks. I'll put all the links right there so people can I'll watch. I'll throw them in there. I'll get them from you. And then the night that this is airing, you have a show that hopefully I'll be able to go to, but I'll, I'll, I'll put a clip up beforehand. Tell us real last thing. Last thing. Promise, Joe. 97 when the Eagle is over. That means we've lost the edge. We've lost the Eagle. But on the last night that 97 won, the Eagle breathes hard rock would disturb. Drowning Poe Asking Alexandria. JC All-Stars and Rock the Troops will be at Whiskey Garden, 0.5 miles away from Dickie's, free concert. And what's going to be great about it, besides the celebrities that I can't mention that will be there, is that I'll have about three to five veterans that are going to jump up on stage after taking music lessons with us, going through our camp, that are going to perform with us live. I love it. There you go. Um, thank you guys for joining for another episode of Blunt Force Discussion. Each week we surprise, I surprise myself because I'm having great conversations with, with BFDs and also with people that are changing the world in their own sense. Uh, I just, it's fun stuff. And I appreciate you guys for being a part of the journey. Last thing, make sure you go to, if you like the gear we wear again, I knew I wore this for a reason. I wore the positivity one today. Uh, go to awakenotwokestore.com. Use awake for 15% off. Uh, always look in the comments to see the links to the movies, the links to the charity for, for Matthew JC and um, for any of the stuff that we do. Make sure you follow. Continue to do it. And lastly, I forgot to do this in the beginning, Joe. If you want to support the show, patreon.com backslash blunt force discussion. Again, that's patreon.com backslash blunt force discussion. We could use all the help we can get. Shit's expensive. Take it easy. Have a great week.